You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Nick Ferba. I write at Pittsburgh Sports Now, call games for WPTS radio station, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. Folks, we're going to continue to talk about this Pitt-UNC game and the threat of Sam Howell and what he has evolved into this year and why it might even make him more dangerous than he was when Pitt last faced him in 2019. We'll also talk about the Pitt offense versus that UNC defense and some things they can do to potentially exploit that. And of course, we will get on the topic of the Pitt men's basketball program. Man, the loss to the Citadel, it was an ugly one. Where does the state of the program sit right now and where do they go from here? All that coming up on Locked on Pitt. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the, another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Leave us a five-star review. Do all of those great things. And this episode of Locked On Pit is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. Big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. As they say, I'm loving it. All right, folks, let's get into what I think most Pitt fans are probably a little anxious about today. Yes, the UNC game is right there, and I think everyone's just kind of starting to focus on football, but it's because of how bleak the basketball program looks. And I think we have to start off this with just the, the overall reaction to the loss to the Citadel what I saw, and, and just how lifeless this team looks. And we'll get to how, and in the football stuff, we will make sure to get to that because, man, it's still a huge game and, and everything, but hard not to feel right now around the university that there's a little bit of sadness. And it's the sad thing because the men's soccer team plays a, an ACC semifinal tomorrow. Pitt has a huge game on Thursday football-wise, and I hope that continues to pick up the buzz that it deserves, but, I mean, this has just been a very, very sad, sad day. I mean, an unbelievably bad performance from Pitt men's basketball team. And when you look back at what you thought you were going to get in Jeff Capel, you thought you were going to get a guy that was going to change the program. You thought you were going to get a guy that could turn this thing around after the awful Stallings year where they didn't win the conference game and now you might be right back where you started. Seriously, this team might not win a conference game. If they play like they did tonight, it's hard to see it. They look disorganized defensively. Their rotations were off. They left guys wide open. They were guarding non-shooters and leaving the shooters wide open for automatic threes. I mean, this guy Roche was 8 of 14 from behind the arc. 27 points for him. They left him wide open. He was a shooter. He's a static shooter. He doesn't even create off the dribble. All they have to do is pass their rotations off. They were going to the corner. It was the same play, and they burned Pitt repeatedly. It was really sad to watch Pitt 
just crumble and, and not rise to the occasion defensively. They got out-rebounded heavily down the stretch. You know, yes, the final stats will say 43-39, to 39, but man, four second-chance points for Pitt on the day. Pitt's defensive rebounding, I thought, was somewhat lackluster at times. They gave up a few key offensive rebounds to the other end. And again, listen, only nine offensive rebounds for the Citadel. But 16 points off those, 16 offensive rebounds for Pitt, only four points off of those. Pitt was 2 of 17 from beyond the arc, just awful. And more importantly, 15 of 31 from the line. They got to the line early and often, and they could not make it shooting below 50% from the line. I mean, come on. You, you just can't do that. In year four under Jeff Capel. This team, I understand, has dealt with a lot of adversity already. With Burton, Horton, and Sabande all being out. And listen, in a span of eight days, you lose Nike Sabande for the year. Due to a torn ACL. And then Ithiel Horton gets arrested. And it throws everything off. I understand. You have to put Nate Santos, who was going to be a redshirt year... Essentially, just let him go. He now has to start at the two. He didn't look comfortable, but it's to be expected. He wasn't expected to be this dude yet. And I think that's also something. I mean, Mogier was the three today. Mogier was acting as the small forward for portions of this game. Will Jeffers never seemed to get anything going. They put a lot on his plate. One of ten tonight for Will Jeffers. He wasn't really comfortable. Gouillet, 0 of 5. Pitt shooting less than 50% on layups. Layups. I mean, come on. I think there was one sequence I remember where they had they had to have had four or five offensive rebounds just trying to tip it in and couldn't tip it in. It was really hard to watch. They didn't seem close at all at any point in this game. Where when you thought they were going to get a little bit of momentum, the Citadel hit a three and it was over. It really was awful to watch Pitt. I mean... And there's no identifiable thing other than, is the, is the talent here? I mean, Hughley and Odukali combined for, 40, for 47 of their 63 points. And those were really the two guys that you could say are ACC caliber. The rest of the guys, I mean, what else can you say? What else can you say? It was really disappointing just to watch this entire team crumble. Defensively, they were lifeless. They weren't playing smart. They had a few open looks, and they just couldn't hit anything. I mean, 2 of 17 from beyond the arc is pitiful. They don't have shooting on this team. They don't have the rebounding they had because they lost Justin Champagny. I think, you know, Hughley was great, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to be able to carry them um, to any type of promised land. You know, he's he's more of a, I think, a 10 and a, you know, a guy that can get you 10 points a night, get you maybe 5, 6 rebounds, but this is not a guy that's going to get you 27-10 like he did tonight. Femio Ducali, I think he's good. I think he needs to be more aggressive and shoot more. I really do. There were opportunities here where I thought he passed up open threes. I mean, he had 14 shot attempts, which is a lot, I understand, but he could have had a lot more. I feel like he needs to shoot the ball more. His shot looks crisper than it, it did last year. His free throw is 3 of 9 from the line, man. Got to improve. Got to improve. It's not acceptable. He's a good player, but, man, is that a huge weakness, and it was a weakness for him last year, too. Massive, massive thing. He has to improve. I mean, this team just didn't look talented tonight. And that's the biggest thing. You know, last year's loss to St. Francis, it was tough. But you knew that team was talented. Tony, 
Johnson, Champagny. You know, that was a talented team. You, they just didn't show up on that day. I don't think this was a case of not showing up on this day. This was a case of just not looking talented. This didn't look like an ACC team. This didn't look like any semblance of a pit basketball program that it should look like. And right now, I don't know what it means for Jeff Capel. I don't want to jump to any hot take conclusions, but you have to imagine that seat's getting a little hot. And I get he's got a $15 million buyout. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very hefty buyout. I understand. But, man, at some point, there's going to be public pressure. If this thing goes off the rails like it might this year, I don't see how Jeff Capel's going to be back next year. But you hope he can right the ship and this team can improve down the stretch. Again, that was the big thing. Capel has to improve this team down the stretch. Right now, they look like a disaster. But as they gain experience, as they get Burton back, maybe Horton back eventually, can they start to gain some wins? Can they start to gain the fact that, hey, maybe we are a talented team and we look competent? We'll see by the end of the year. But right now, boy, it just looks very, very, very bleak for Pitt basketball this season. All right, folks, let's go and transition over to football now. I want to talk about Sam Howell and kind of what he brings to the table. However, first I want to let you know about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer all the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid-major players you may have never even heard of. Prize Picks offers any props you can think of from yards to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown so folks all you have to do is deposit money and listen you can deposit up to $100 and you will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to that $100 just using our promo code locked on again you receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 if you use our promo code locked on all you have to do is pick two to five players in an over under in their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry it's just you versus those projected numbers. Prize picks allows mixed sport entries as well. So feel free to bet on basketball and on football. Don't hesitate, check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Folks, this episode of Locked On Pit is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's is not just a place where you get tasty and affordable food. It certainly is that, but it's a place where family and friends can also come to reconnect. If you're on the road, on a trip, and you want to stop by and get some tasty food, guess where you're going? You're going to McDonald's. They'll also have Wi-Fi. If you need to stop in and, like me, maybe write an article, they have endless supplies of French fries, McFlurries. It's a great place. Win or lose, it's a place where you can kick up your feet and chill a little bit. Folks, you can use McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Hey, maybe there's a locked-on ACC watch party there. Hey, hey it, it could happen. It could absolutely happen. Folks, McDonald's has always been more than about that tasty and affordable food. It is that, but it's a place where everyone from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Let's talk a little bit about Pitt and UNC, and specifically about Sam Howe and what this dude is doing this season. Because while I think people look at UNC and say, how are they scoring so many points with that offensive line? Well, I'll give you your answer. The answer is Sam Howe. And Sam Howe has evolved 
at a extremely rapid rate in terms of, yes, he had the passing ability was obvious, of course. The dude can sling the rock. He's accurate. He's got a cannon. He can make all the throws you want in the world. Yeah, he's got some mental processing issues, which I hope Pitt is able to take advantage of. They mix coverages up on the back end. This is something that they, I think, have to do. Mix up their coverages a little bit. Um, kind of like they did against Tyler Van Dyke, although Van Dyke is very, very smart above the head. Um, he's a guy, or sorry, above the neck, rather. Um, he's a guy that, that has showcased as a freshman the ability to really read and react to defenses, even when they change from pre-snap to post-snap. Sam Howell has issues with that at times. Yes, he'll, he'll start to, you know drift into pressure here and there he might lose his poise a little bit if you get some pressure on him you know there's a lot of different things that when you look at this is a guy that can play at a high level still though even with a bad offensive line and the question is why you know I, I I'll tell you why the guy has 765 yards of rushing and that's easily the most of his career easily the most of his career he has been so dangerous on the ground this year. I mean, a hundred yard over a hundred yards against Wake. He had a big touchdown against Notre Dame. He had over a hundred against Florida State. Nearly had a hundred against Miami and Notre Dame. This is a guy that is just a bowling ball. I mean, this this is a crazy stat. And I know you you know people are gonna be like, whoa, this is actually the stat. Yes, this is actually the stat. The most missed tackles, forced missed tackles in the ACC. Number one, Sean Tucker. Okay. Who's number two? You might ask, okay, it might be Jameer Gibbs. Uh, that would make sense. You know, maybe someone like Jalen Knighton has a, has a lot of those. You know, maybe it's Bam Knight uh, over at NC State. Who is it? It's Sam Howe. Sam Howe has been that guy. The second most forced missed tackles in the ACC is because of Sam Howe. This dude's a bowling ball. He's physical. He's willing to put his shoulder down. He's hard to bring down. He's got great contact balance. He's this, like, thick body type build where when he gets going, though, man, he can scoot. He can really run. Sam Howe has this fire to him, and it makes him tough. Really tough to stop. He's a very talented football player. And Sam Howe is going to be tough because they got to contain him. And... While his passing is obviously something that is still doing at a high level, he's a guy that still has plenty of talent there. He's taken his rushing ability to a new level. And that's going to be the thing for Pitt to, to really hone in on. You can you can mix up the, the coverages on the back end, but if you can't get to the guy and you can't get pressure and collapse the pocket and stay in, in your gaps and keep that rush lane integrity, this guy's going to hurt you and hurt you bad. And that's the X factor for Pitt. You know, being able to, to really rattle him. This is what Georgia Tech did. You know, they rattled this guy and, and they collapsed the pocket around him. They sacked him a ton because of it. I think Pitt can do it, but they have to show up in a big way. This is going to be a huge game for Pitt's defensive line. Now, blitzing as well would make a lot of sense. You know, Sending guys like Patrician, Bright, just letting those guys be who they are, right? Being blitzers and, and being downhill thumpers and just smacking dudes in the face. That's exactly what you want from your linebacking core in this type of matchup. The UNCO line is bad, but when you have a running quarterback like Howe, who can break tackles like that, and when you move the pocket, he can he can take pressure off that O line. It's the type it's the exact type of guy that you need to take pressure off a bad O line. 
but it doesn't mean they can't be exploited. And they have been exploited this year. So when you look at what Pitt has to do, they have to take advantage of that bad O-line, keep Sam Howe in the pocket, stay stay, stay with lots of gap integrity, rush lane integrity on the defensive line, and make Howe feel their presence. Because if they can do that, trust me, Sam Howe, yeah, in this UNC offense, they might score some points. They won't score enough to keep up with Kenny Pickett and company. Speaking of Kenny Pickett and company, let's talk about those guys. But first, I want to let you guys know about... Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, I'm telling you, you guys are missing out. Listen, most protein bars are chalky, waxy, you just have to choke them down, and it, it's awful, right? You, you don't want to have that, even though you know you need to, to stay fit, and the health benefits are all there. Well, Built Bar tastes good and has all the health benefits you want. And there's also so many flavors, coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut, almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. Trust me. All these flavors are great. And Built Bar are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein, so you have all the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious. There's so many flavors and so many health benefits. And this month, Built is coming out with a new limited flavor every three to four days. So check their website often. I know you don't want to miss out on that. Go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCK15. Again, that's our promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off on your Order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Folks, betonline.ag is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season. With more props, odds, lines than ever before. It remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So just head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Again, that's our promo code Locked On. You receive your bonus, that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code Locked On. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorites Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's talk a little bit about this UNC defense that is, well, let's say not good. Um, to put everything into perspective, you can pretty much look at any defensive metric in the conference and UNC will be in the bottom of that. Um, even with a schedule that is not all that crazy. Yes, they, they face some good teams, but they also didn't face some top offenses for example if Pitt had played the UNC schedule I think their defense would grade out better not that Pitt's defense is great but I think they would grade out just similarly but you kind of look at their third convert you know third down conversion they don't get off the field a lot and they allow 41 percent conversion rate on third down that's not good I mean that's 10th in the conference among among power five schools I mean that's 35th it's not very good when, when you look at that. So they have trouble getting off the field on, on third down. When you look at what they allow on the ground, it's 10th in the ACC. And that's not a good sign. Another, an, another sign that's not good, they are 10th in the ACC in red zone defense. They allow a touchdown on 72%. That's 11th in the ACC. It's not great. It's really not great. And, of course, they allow 
33.4 points per game, 13th in the ACC, is their scoring defense. Listen, everything about this is just not good. <laughs> it's not a good defense, and, and there's a few reasons why that is. For one, their personnel, I just think, isn't there. I don't think they have the crazy personnel that they have. Well, true, true be fair, I'm not sure they ever really had a great defensive personnel under Mac Brown. They recruited highly rated guys. They've never really ended up putting that together to tangent success, um, which is something to look to, to kind of look at when you look at this as a whole. But this has not been a great defense. And do they have talent? Of course they have talent up front. It's a talented roster. Um, Tony Grimes is a nice player. I think he's solid. But, I mean, there there are guys to exploit. And they're going to be athletic, but while they're athletic, they're not necessarily disciplined. And Pitt can beat them on the ground, too. I mean, I saw Notre Dame just pound them on the ground all game. I also saw Wake Forest beat them through the air with ease. I've seen this defense get beaten multiple different ways, but I think Pitt, a smart strategy, if they can limit the explosive plays defensively and get out to a controlled game, would not be a bad idea if they could run this football a little bit. And they should be able to. They've been able to do it against subpar rushing defenses all year. And why would this be any different? Pitt has been able to move the ball on the ground really since that New Hampshire game and do it at a high level. And, you know, everyone's expecting a shootout, and for good reason. It should be a shootout. But you can turn the shootouts into managed games. And what I mean by that is Pitt can methodically point out these drives and just grind them out instead of scoring in quick spurts. You force Sam Howell in the, the North Carolina offense to be perfect because they're not going to get the ball back many times. And, you know, when we were talking about the emergence of the running game, that's what made Pitt dangerous. Pitt had modes of victory that made them different. You, If you can turn a shootout, and, and the key is, you know, against Western Michigan, against Tennessee, against Miami, the difference was why they couldn't employ that strategy, and while they were having success through the air and scoring at a high level, the defense was so porous, they gave up explosive play after explosive play, it forced them behind the eight ball, and then they had to throw the football at a high level. And they did do that. The issue is it gave the, the offense plenty of possessions on the other side. The defense was out on the field for a long time, and that's what that is. And so, you know, explosive plays are great, but also there can be drawbacks in, sh in shootout type of games, right? The dichotomy in, in the kind of the makeup of a shootout is so different than the makeup of a normal game. And... I think Pitt's kind of learned that. They haven't been in a ton of shootouts over in Arduzzi's tenure. There have been times they've been in that. 2016, for example, they were in plenty of shootouts. But, you know, they, they haven't been in this scenario a lot in their in their kind of career under Narduzzi. And I don't think Narduzzi has either. So the question now is, what do they do here? And I think running the football is actually a really cool way to potentially take some pressure off your defense, throw the game into the offense's hands even more, grind out some really tough earned touchdown drives, and really, really start to stamp your mark on this game. And I think that would be really cool. Pitt gets out early. Pitt can control the ball. And Pitt can play the clock a little bit more so than they can even the explosive play element of things. And, and that's the thing, you know. This defense is not good, and and again, we, we knew this. 
it, it was not going to be good. And this UNC defense, it has covered busts. It has missed tackles. They really don't tackle well. I'll tell you that right now. This is not a good tackling defense for UNC. Third most missed tackles in the ACC behind Miami and Pitt. Um, so that's not great for them either. They're not a good tackling defense. They are also really, 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 really disorganized. And, and you can tell, you know, that they'll they'll miss, miss run fits. The coverage bus will be there. They're exploitable, and their schemes are nothing special either. So you're not, you know, going up against Brett Venables here. You're not going up against Dave Aranda. You're going up against stuff that is not that hard to draw up plays to beat it with. And I think that's Pitt's thing. Now, the the receivers are going to have to play at a high level. That we know that the the injuries are obviously there for Pitt, and you hope you get Melky Stovall back. But Pitt has a has a potential strategy here where they can run the football at a high level, control the game a little bit, and potentially throw the shootout on its head and force UNC and Sam Howe to be perfect. All right, folks, tomorrow we'll have Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC, on to talk about this game, preview and give predictions and all of that good stuff. It's going to be a Thursday preview. Usually we do Friday preview, but Pitt, obviously, in Thursday primetime will be a fun, fun game for the Panthers and company. Folks, you know you make Locked On Pitt your first listen, and as I said, Candace is going to be on here Tomorrow, make sure to make Locked On ACC your second listen. You can get all of your ACC news in less than 30 minutes with Candace. She does a great job over there. It's free, available on all platforms. Make sure to check it out. All right, folks, thanks for listening, and as always, hail to Pitt.